Hey guys, welcome to the Bagner Podcast, episode number 388. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is The List, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out May 2000... May 29th, 2018. <laughs> I don't remember. 19. 19? 19. 19. I don't, I, do we still do a podcast? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> okay. May, May, May 29th, 2019. Yeah. And however I used to, I'm supposed to say it. I honestly don't even remember that either. And then we followed up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week we're going to be taking a look at our 2019 summer movie blockbuster, Bracket Buster. No subtitle, because I never remember what they are after like the first or second week at least. Um, but we're going to be talking about some of the big movies that will be coming out this summer. And we're going to be pitting them up against one another. This is a Paul baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do this every year where we try to pick what's going to come out on top. Uh, Paul will go through the the ranking system and how it's all decided once we get into this but man it's been a while since we've done this i think we uh we deserve a drink we do deserve a drink here in 2019 are you ready to read oh, it was a ready that was to, it. it was a ready to rumble was... play yeah i, I never would have remembered that i remembered and i was <laughs> just wait, biding my time and i shoehorned it mm. in as i always do much like how i always drink and this week i'm trying to i always back. drink shoehorns i'm drinking is that yeah, yeah. I'm drinking uh, Lagunitas Daytime IPA. This is one of those low calorie beers, which uh, is becoming a thing. Uh, one of my friends, friend of the show, actually Ed, he he's trying to find some really good no alcohol beer. He's a father of twins that keeps him very active, and he's actually an avid runner. Uh, he kicked my butt at a 5K this weekend, and he's just been on the on the on the horse, on, I don't know, on the schneid. I, I don't think that's how people run not anymore on, on horses. <laughs> right. But he's been on the lookout, there we go, uh, for really good... On the schneid? <laughs> what What does that even mean? <laughs> that's that's what you said, right? Yeah. On the schneid. It, it's... Did you have a smoke? <laughs> <laughs> I, believe it's, uh, I believe it's German for a knife's edge. I'm pretty sure it's not. But okay, you can you can look up on the Schneid. Tilt that that? <laughs> you, yeah, I already owe one. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> I'll go double or nothing versus you. Alright. So on the Schneid. Nice said. Nice edge. Uh but on the lookout for really good low calorie or no calorie or uh low low to no alcohol beers. And um Alright. So I I was kinda like keeping my eyes open and here i am with lagunitas 98 calories for abv decent it's got the little bit of a just that little bit of ips like zing you know how lemon has kind of a zing this has that hoppy zing just a very hint of it it's easy drinking very refreshing does it pack full flavor no am i better off getting all day ipa and just having 30 more calories maybe but uh it's, it's good for what it is, which is a low-calorie beer. John, do you want to go? Or do you want I, me to I just want to say, get off the schneid means to break a scoreless streak. Uh, mm. and, it's, and there is a Yiddish, which means uh, the one who cuts cloth. Oh, neither one of those sounds like what Paul was trying to get at. No. But it is a thing. It is a, a phrase. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> John, your I, beer, my I, beer? So who, I'm who drinking votes? from uh, Trogues Independent Brewing, their Field Study IPA. This is an IPA dry hopped with Citra, Mosaic, and Eldorado. And you would imagine for a 6.2% beer that this would be full of flavor. But this is kind of less than a session-tasting beer. Um, all those hops put a really, really nice kind of candy lemon nose to this beer. But it's not full flavor. You're not getting any punch from, you know, the Citra or the Mosaic. It's just kind of a nice, easy-drinking beer. But again, why not just have uh, all day? That's yeah. surprising. Mm. Let's take another sip to refresh my palate from this one. Uh, I'm drinking a Southern Tier Brewing Company seasonal, and this is their Citrus Punch. It's an imperial wheat ale uh, brewed with grapefruit peels, tangerine peels, blood orange juice, and natural grapefruit extract. Um, 8.5% ABV. Uh, when I took my first sip, John, you kind of hit where I was going to be going with this one. We're... You were talking about the other southern tier beer, southern tier beer, the cit- three citrus peel out, kind of being the big brother to something like the German Schoferhofer. Uh, this is definitely in that same kind of vein. Uh, at eight point five percent, one of these is basically like two of those. Uh, it's a much fuller bodied beer. I like the Schoferhofer's a little bit of sweetness, a little bit more. It's a little bit crisper, um, but also worth noting, I am drinking this at room temperature. So if I put this in the fridge, it might crisp up a little bit. Um, it's really good. I just don't know if I would choose this over the Schoferhofer because that beer is so light and refreshing. I'm more than okay with just pounding a couple of those because it's just generally good to drink. Uh, this one I would probably sip and savor a little bit more if I was you know, out on the porch reading or something. But it's not bad. I, I would probably put it over... Uh, what was the other citrus IPA that Southern Tier Tan- had? Three that was like the Tangier? lesser version. Tangier, yeah. Better than that. A little bit better than the three citrus peel out. Not as great as Schoferhofer because the drinkability. So I, 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 when Not you bad. described what was in this beer, I was like, well, that just sounds like three citrus peel out. And three citrus peel out was a high gravity wheat ale. Brewed with blood orange juice, grapefruit peel, tangerine peel, and coriander. Very so. It's very just similar. like they added one what one more ingredient to it. it yeah, the they I mean, they might have changed the ratios a little. What's bit the percentage? Too. But it's not bad. Yeah, uh, so 8. Citrus, three citrus peel out. Oh, was it really? I thought that was a little bit, a little bit lesser. I think they just rebranded they, it. They had an imperial. Didn't they do a uh, 2X three citrus peel out as well? No, they did a 2X Tangier. Oh, 2X Tangier. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, it's not bad. It's been so no, long. I'm, I'm glad I just grabbed the one bottle of this. I mean, if I had more, I would drink them, but it's not something that I'm like, man, you know what? I need to pound another one right away. I think if you had it cold, I think it would change your mind a little bit. It's, it's possible. I'm, I'm not ready to discount that. When I went to... Uh, see Detective Pikachu the other day. I went to the AMC Dine-In Theater and I had a uh, like I don't know how big their large like pint glasses, uh, but I had a large uh, high ally, 
and that was nice and cool after walking around all day. Uh, that was delicious, and that made me be like, man, I need I need to drink more IPAs again. They are delicious. They are, especially this time of year because it's getting oppressive. We just started. Out here. We just got um, a uh, Cigar City variety pack in, but we also just got High Lie twelve packs in, which is a nice. What's in the variety, uh, pack, variety pack? You get uh, High Lie, the Guatalapala Palal, Florida Cracker, mm-hmm. and then I think you actually get an Oscar okay. Blues beer in there. Is the I think is the fourth beer. Well, because they mer- they merged. You, you're better off just buying the uh, the 12 pack of the High Ally because Florida Cracker isn't bad. The Pale Ale, I'm sure I've had it, but it's, it's a nice pale. My mind, it's got a nice like oh. um, big citrusy Pale Ale. Yeah, hmm. yeah, just just get the yeah, High Yeah, but uh, you know, I think it was last year or maybe the year before. Uh, Cigar City and Oscar Blues joined forces to help with their distribution lines. And uh, some other news that happened uh, last week was uh, Dog Fishhead and Sam Adams merging together to become a, a unit brewery. Wait, are we, we in went the, news? To the news? John, John scooped it. Yeah, you did scoop that. That's... So this is just two big companies becoming even bigger? Uh, I think it's two companies that have been struggling a little bit for the last two years uh, to help each other along. Uh, I, you've seen this kind of happen with a couple breweries. Um, a little less than like the, the big breweries buying up little breweries, but you had um, Victory and Southern Tier and Six Point joining together to create ABV um, to help with the distribution and brewing and trying to help each other. We've had a couple smaller breweries um, locally even do that. And um, mm-hmm. I think it's kind of interesting that those are kind of the two front runners for the big guys. Um, Sam Adams, I think, is like almost a 40-year-old brewery. Dogfish Head has been around for, I think, just over 20 years. And the fact that these two guys kind of join forces is very interesting to me that the two of them would come together because i remember do you guys remember when you're in paul's apartment and we were watching that craft brew um beer masters uh, mm-hmm. no no the, before no, beer it was masters, a documentary the, uh, yeah beer wars. and and it's oh, like okay. uh sam from dogfish head was like that yeah, dogfish or uh sam adams tries to say they're craft brewer but we produce what we what we produce yearly is what their runoff from their bottling line is yearly. <laughs> so it's it's well. Also, look at what Sam Adams has done. They tried to go out and they bought out how many different smaller breweries, and they tried to get into the Apple market as well uh, with their what, which one? Angry Orchard. They own? Angry Orchard. Angry Orchard. Yeah, and well, they own. I think they. Go ahead. They own Twisted Tea. They own Truly, right. which is huge. The seltzers are big. They used to have mm-hmm. Travelers, which was like a shandy company, which they closed down to rev up even more Truly. Uh, they just put out uh, Wild Leaf Hard Teas, and then they have... Um, uh... Hello? Hello, Moto. Oh, that's... 
Yeah. That's my ringer. Sorry. What's uh, Go ahead. And then they have Marathon Brewing Company um, that they created to put out a low-calorie beer. And then mm-hmm. they also own, um, what is it, uh, Coney Island Brewery that they bought because that brewer. They, oh, yeah. that's the root beer. Uh, they, yeah. Guess guess what? I they don't make that, that anymore. Yeah. They don't make that root beer anymore. They have like a <laughs> a pilsner and a IPA, and then they have another brewery that we don't get out here this way. So it's like they have a huge portfolio, and now they now they have Dogfish Head. Yeah, I think they've been just trying to survive the uh, market by just buying up, just buying, <laughs> just anything that works. Let's whatever the fad is, let's buy it. Um, and Dogfish Head might be trying to weather because look, the shelf space at these stores is now a premium. Oh yeah, oh it's huge. right. Like, like, and the thing is, the the older brands like Dogfish Head and Sam Adams, like we just walk by them most times because we're we know it's good, but we want to try something yeah. new. Well, and that's the thing too, because I, whenever I go to my beer store, like even today, walking past, I looked at the Dogfish Head stuff. And it's still the same beers that they consistently put out. Like, there's nothing that's fresh. It's always okay. They had Burton Baton, like they had, um, like the Midas Touch. They had some like that ancient ale type stu- uh, offerings that they make. I've had those before. I don't need to go back and have them again because I see like they're not that great. It's not something I need to continuously go back to to pick up. If they kept being a little bit more experimental and trying those crazy different things. That's what I go to them well, for. So I think this kind of benefits Sam Adams more than it benefits them, just because now they can just get that shelf space and they can just keep kind of doing what they're doing. And that just makes them seem not as innovative. So anymore. two years ago, they put out Sequench, which was a black lime um, salted goza. Uh, this year, they mm-hmm. just put out another sour called uh, Super 8. So Super 8 is eight different fruits into a sour, and they've made the pH just right that you can actually develop film in the beer. And they partnered with Kodak and made a Super 8 film where they developed the entire film in their beer. Gimmick. <laughs> that's Dogfish Head, though. But yeah, but that's the thing. Like That's, that's something I would get a bottle of, try and be like, Okay, it's, like that's that is what it is. They don't have like besides like the like sixty minute, ninety minute, one twenty minute. There's no beer that if I see from them, I'm going to be like, yes, I I need to have that. Yeah, because they and don't have then, there's so anymore. much. Yeah, there's so much other stuff that's out there that would be yeah. more of a go to for me. Like the ancient series is a gimmick, but at least it's an interesting gimmick and they don't, to me. Yeah, the super eight is like so gimmicky for who? Who cares? Oh, you can develop a film. Who? Who? Who develops film anymore? The ultimate hipster. It's a nice. It's a nice tasting sour. It didn't blow me away. I probably would drink Sequench over it. Um, but yeah, no, they've put out a couple beers here or there, but they just haven't been winners. And those ancient ales, they I don't even think they do anymore. Yeah. <sighs> And they don't do Shanti anymore, so, you know, it's like, the beers I love disappear, and we get develop film developers. 
It's yeah, fair. but Paul, you've turned okay. into Mr. Sourmouth, and uh, you probably would like it. The thing is, with sours, I drink those. Ex- I don't buy them for home usually. I bought them. The, I did it for the one make your own six pack because they were all there for me uh, for the show that one day. But normally, I only drink sours when I'm out because they're low ABV. Yeah, but you drank you drank so, what two or three of those Alexanders, and those weren't lower ABV when we went out for burgers had, for my birthday. What were they like? If they were five, oh, I think they're like six or seven. Really? Well, I thought they were lower. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't hit me. Uh, that's one. But normally, that's why I go with the sour when I'm out. Is because I know, hey, I can have one or two. It's going to be between. It's going to be four to five percent, even six percent. Honestly, on craft beer, it's a lower ABV nowadays, especially with these a lot of the IPAs that are out. No, unless you're getting a session. Speaking of speaking of sour, something that really turned a lot of people was the ending of Game of Thrones this year. Oh yeah, Uh, melt that. I haven't kept up on this show. Um, the only time I was actually able to keep up on it was when I lived with John and we had his dad's <laughs> HBO Go information. So I've missed like the last two seasons now. Um, I've been following what's happened in the season, though, just out of curiosity. Uh, I'm not shocked by any of the decisions that were made. None of them really upset me, but I, I've know. gotten to the point where I realize and and I think it's just from being a comic book fan and having uh, properties that you love be in your eyes ruined that I've gotten to the point that I don't own I don't own stock I don't own mm-hmm. this story I'm there and I've enjoyed it for years and I have a, an appreciation for it and a love but when the writers and the people who have created the show choose to do things I'm not going to take offense I just kind of go okay that's that's what's happening I think this season would have been better if they went out and they said we're making it six episodes and then they condensed everything they needed to do into six episodes some of them being an hour and a half long some of them being an hour long i think what they should have done is wrote the series and then seen how many episodes that was because everything seemed very 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 rushed and well i think a lot of that was because this was the shortest season that they had where it was only the the six episodes, so they kind of had to wrap it up that quick. But they decided to do that, and some of the episodes were an hour and 40 minutes, some were an hour and 20, some were 40 minutes long. Like, all the times, it just wasn't a straight, like, hour episodes. So they made, like, longer episodes, but they could have, I think, if they had not set themselves to six episodes and really took their time to have these characters come to these conclusions versus just like somebody kind of mentions something and then all of a sudden they do it and you don't really see the motivation you don't see those people like dwelling on it it just seems like it was just the cliff notes for episodes like Mm -hmm. it just was like boom 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 things happened and you're like wait he's in prison when when did that happen are we supposed to know there's a time jump because that guy's beard is just a little bit longer? Like, it just, it didn't have a good, the season finale did not have a good flow. And the the last bit seemed like they were setting up four spinoff series. 
it just uh and i mean they I, they were talking about doing a spin-off series gotcha. which i think got quote unquote canceled but they set up like four storylines that when these people realize that they don't have a career after this they'll they can come back and do a show so i i don't have i didn't love it i didn't hate it but i feel like they could have done a better job no i mean when you get a chance to watch it watch okay. it and it i'd like to have all. a conversation with you about it i'll i'll get to them eventually but yeah but then even something like Lost, where that was a season or series finale that people hated, like I, I, think, I liked I it. Think I wasn't you, put you'd off by it. It didn't sour me on the whole Lost season finale that know. people truly love, especially for something bigger in scope. You know, you're Lost, even like your Seinfeld, Sopran- Sopranos. But there are those shows like I thought the Parks and Rec finale it, was again, a good finale, you know? But they, Gosh. but they spent that whole, they spent that whole season yeah. for Parks and Rec, leading up to that finale, Office, yeah. setting everybody's storyline so you knew everyone had a happy ending. I do not like the rumors that they're thinking about bringing back Parks and Rec. Yeah, it's a good show. I think it's done though. I. Yeah, I think any kind of thing like that is always just going to be. Well, they're even talking oh, about they, bringing the office they would like back to, too, weren't they? I don't think anyone really needs it or wants it, though. Yeah. Yeah. Supposedly they're gonna, uh, they're doing a documentary about it, though, just like how it became this huge thing after it ended. Uh, Which you know I would gladly watch because that's that's my go to like unwind show. And local but at the same time. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I would rather. Have them continue to create new shows and keep those going. Stuff like Brooklyn Nine Nine or The Good Place because those are fantastic. Even something like The Goldbergs, I I love that show. I'm glad it just got renewed for another season. Uh, Chris did he here in local Buffalo news? Uh, John Krasinski was here in Orchard Park hanging out at a spot coffee because he's. Um, uh, I heard they were filming something there. They he was he came in Locations. to do uh, location. What is it? Spotting? What is it called? Location Quite scouting. Too. Scouting. Uh, in, in Akron, New York. Or, That's what it was. Uh, don't Make Noises 2. Oh, Quiet Place 2. Not don't that, that was a good joke that you made yourself laugh to. That was Don't Make Noises. <laughs> no, I, I really forgot the name of it. So I was like, <laughs> you Don't Make yeah. Noises 2? I don't know. Uh, Paul, what about the fact that um, the artist who's drawing Fantastic Four is making Mr. Fantastic look like John Krasinski? You like that? Like, don't you guys all feel like it? there's another level of editorial now? Which is the movie editorial? Like, and now Aquaman has Jason Momoa tattoos and... Like, everybody looks kind of like the movie counterparts in comics. It's like, you got the editorial staff, but then above them, you got the corporate overlords editorial staff. I think it's... I don't know. So I don't know. I, I feel like that stuff's always 
been there though i mean even going back to x-men you know because when x-men came out we got the grant morrison everyone's in black leather like super dark it it fits those times like it's cyclical like yeah we'll have that now but it'll lighten up again eventually i'm I'm fine with it and i i understand too i don't necessarily subscribe to the idea that yeah you know that's what more people are familiar with those characters or that property looking like now it it makes sense that story checks out like that's what people will pick up the comic book kind of expecting a little bit more i and this even goes back to what we were just talking about with the finales i'm not so staunch on no reed richards has to look like this that if he shows up looking like john krasinski it's gonna like put me off from reading anything it's you know it's it's the age we live in like what can I do? Like at least I got a Fantastic Four book again. Yeah. Like, you know? um, at least he got John Krasinski buying uh, Spot Coffee. Yeah, that was cool. You know, that's cool. Kate came home. She heard that news and said, "Hey, uh, what's that thing with the list of celebrities that's like okay?" And I'm like, "Oh, you mean like your list?" She's like, "Yeah, John Krasinski's on it now." And I'm like, "Okay." She's like, "Yeah, he's in Orchard Park." So. I'm like, what, are you going to go try to follow him? Trying to find him? Is that, is that a thing? <laughs> and she's like, no, but just in case. And I'm like, all right. Fine. So, uh, yeah, but talking about how I got a Fantastic Four book again, uh, you might notice, listeners probably have noticed, that there are a lot less X-Men books on the shelves. Because uh, Marvel has been convinced by Jonathan Hickman to basically cancel their X-Men series and wait for him to uh, relaunch very soon with uh, two different X-Men books, uh, House of X and Age of X. And this is going to be the new X-Men continuity going forward. Like, I don't know if it's a uh, complete reset or what he's doing, but he's definitely pulling from all the, if you look at the uh, solicitations for it, uh, you see that Cyclops is back in that, 90s blue and gold you know that blue jumpsuit with that yellow uh bandolier across his Mm -hmm. chest so you know that suit so it looks like he's trying to pull from the most iconic or most recognizable uh versions of the x-men which i think is good because the x-men out of time i thought were kind of annoying after a while um so it looked, I think it they, they took them in a different enough route, though, that it kind of made that story continue to be interesting. But it seems like every two or three years, they kind of go to this back-to-basics with the X-Men thing. We're like, okay, we're going to pare it down. You know, We're going to have our two X-Men titles, you know, blue and gold. And then it's like, now we have X-Men Gray and X-Men Red. Like The series just kind of keep ballooning up because there's the demand for it. Mm-hmm. And then eventually they kind of hit that critical mass and it was like, no, back to business. One X-Men. X-Man, actually. And then it just keeps going out from there. It's Jonathan Hickman, though. So I'm, of course, interested so in it. Leo, confirmed, Leonardo da Vinci is oh, an X-Man. Oh, yeah. He was definitely one of the mutants. And he was tied up by S.H.I.E.L.D. and he was prophetizing the end of the world. And I, I, I hear he that. likes pizza and he's really good with katanas. You're thinking Donatello the, does machines. Mm. Are you guys gonna watch that? I don't even know what that is. What? <laughs> oh, 
I thought you guys were referencing Batman meets the Ninja Turtles, the like direct DVD thing that's coming out soon. It's based off of the comic book that people really liked. I guess. I didn't know that was a comic book. Yeah. And I do a comic book podcast. Uh, but I remember seeing solicitation stuff for that, but I was just kind of like, oh, it's like G.I. Joe Transformers. Like It's one of those things that it should hit those nerd buttons, but I, I don't need it. Mm-hmm. It's there. Whatever. Um, talking about Ninja Turtles, though, did make me remember something that I wanted to bring up to you guys uh, on the side of the show, but I'll just do it here. Whatever. Who cares? Uh, I was talking to someone I worked with the other night, and we, we actually started talking about he-man which led to us talking about ninja turtles and then talking about terrible ninja turtle ripoffs you know the stuff like cowboys of moo mesa street sharks samurai pizza uh, cats samurai pizza cats wait, wait is that a, is that a thing that, yeah, that, that was, was a thing. thing yeah uh what was it like there was a dog it was like a dog one where there it was, was like the junkyard road dogs. rovers or something wasn't there like junkyard dogs there's a there's a lot of or crappy was that- stuff Alley cats. Which one was? No, you're, th- you're thinking about SWAT cats. SWAT they cats. Were pilots. SWAT cats. Yeah. But see, like this, this is kind of how that conversation grew and went. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, "There's a show. I remember watching it. I don't know how it ended, but it had pirates and ships." And I was just like, "Pirates of Dark Water." Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Yes, that's it." And then we just started talking about that. Uh, I want to submit, you know, to the Begging Board Society, <laughs> an idea for a new rotating segment. Uh, Every time we do it, you know, one of us brings something different to the table. Uh, we'll call it, man, I used to love that. Uh, where you just bring up something like Pirates of Dark Water or SWAT Cats. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then you are responsible for leading that show because I think we all have some semblance of knowledge about any or all of these things. Like, you know, Alf, maybe. You're asking me to find something in my childhood that I loved. And, that you love. And, and we remember no, you, there you, was an episode you, where we called my father and asked him <laughs> if there was anything that I loved as a kid, and he said no. So, <laughs> let's, so these ep- that my episode might be really short. <laughs> there there's, has to be things that you did enjoy. Yeah, but that. Paul, you remember that weird PBS like Fight Club show that you used to watch? It was the yeah, yeah. the real masters or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it could be all about that. Even if it's something we don't remember, you know, make it fun, make it informative. Yeah, it'll be really short. <laughs> there's there's it's, more things okay. you know. It's reboot. I got reboot. there. You can see. Yeah, you could you could have a reboot one. You love yeah. reboot. I did love reboot. It's just something different, like new and different for us to work. I got to write that down, show. otherwise I'm going to forget. We got a show notes page for that. <laughs> but was there anything else we need to talk about, or is it just more beer? More beer. I'm on my second. I'm, I'm, Ooh, okay, you go ahead. I gotta take a sip of this because it smells amazing. It's a beer that I've had on the show before. It's one of my uh, ultimate beer. It's one of my uh, go-to standby beers, uh, especially when I can pick it up in a 12-pack uh, bottles. And it's like we need this a little something something ale, and uh, just an easy drinking, heavy on the malt uh, because you know I never know how fresh it is when I buy it. It really doesn't matter. It's still a refreshing malt forward ale, uh, very light in color. It's easy drinking, and it just an all around enjoyable. Like I don't know anybody that doesn't that as that has been over to my house, had it, and it's like, oh, that's awful. I don't like it. It's one of those beers that you can offer somebody that says, "I don't like craft beer," and you'd be like, mm-hmm. "You know what? I, try yeah. this." And I'd say nine times out of ten, that person's going to go, "Oh." 
oh yeah, I really like that. And then you're like, it's like eight percent. And then you're like, oh wow, ooh. You know, your numbers check out because I've only ever had like nine people over to my house, and all <laughs> nine have liked it. The tenth person is getting kicked out. Hmm. That tenth person's drinking their beer out of a plastic bills mug with a straw. I thought it was a horn. <laughs> it wasn't a horn. Paul drinks out of horns. Didn't we say that earlier? Uh, anywho, uh, Chris, what are you drinking? Um, my next one is also from Southern Tier Brewing, and this is another seasonal. And this is their 3X IPA in Imperial um, India Pale Ale. This one's sitting at 9.5%. Um, I've only been able to take like two sips of it so far because it's a very big, like, piney, kind of like mouth coaty hop on it. Um, John, I don't know if you know anything about this one, if you can fill the dead space while I take another Which one was this again? I'm sorry. The 3X? 3X IP? Yeah. So, you know how they have the regular IPA, and then they do a double version, which is a 2X IPA. Well, this is a uh, triple IPA that they call 3X IPA. So what are they tripling? Uh, What gets doubled and then what gets tripled? Is it just the amount of hops that they're using in it? I think it's something like that. I don't know. I tried it, and I didn't like it. It's it's a lot. Like, it's a very big mouth hop. Like, it's it's hanging out on my tongue there. Um, uh, again, I am drinking this room temperature. Maybe if it was chilled a little bit. When it was chilled... I don't I don't dislike it. When it but. was chilled, it to me, it had very little flavor. It had very yeah. little taste. Like, it just didn't taste that good. And it just didn't... Like, it just... To me, I was like, well, what's the point? You know, because probably from Southern Tier, their 2X IPA is probably... If I'm going to have a go-to beer from them, it would be 2X. I think that yeah. all around is their best, one of their best tasting just beers that's always on the shelf. And this was like, well, I just don't, I don't get it. Okay, you're making a 3X, but you're not like, the flavor wasn't amped up, the body wasn't amped up. Like, Well, I think it's definitely a different hot profile from what they have in something like the IPA or the 2X. Like, it's definitely a sipper, like... I don't dislike it, but every time I take a sip, I kind of have to wait on it and come back around. Like, it's, it reminds me almost of, like, a golden ale, but it's a lot more, like, pine, like, pop off of it. I think that's almost, like, five months old, too. Like, it's, um, it's been around. It it was bottled uh, December 6th, 2018. Yeah, so... It's not, it's not bad, but I I probably wouldn't go for it again. Yeah, it 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 I was probably uh, honestly won't be able to finish this before we move on to like the next beers, but you know, it was it was a dud in the stores. Like I, it just okay. it didn't do anything. Um, but the oh jeez, I dropped my can. I knocked I heard I knocked it cans over because I stacked them and then they stuck. Uh, I am drinking from Sloop. Brewing, which is up there right now, is probably my go-to brewery. If I'm just going to grab a beer for the night, uh, I would grab Sloop Juice Bomb. It's always on my shelf. It's always within a a, a month old, if that. Um, right now, I have beer from five eight. You know, it's eight days old. No, fourteen days old. Something like that. And um, this is super soft from them. This is an IPA with no boil hops. So the hops are added uh, after the boil, 
kind of like when you do your just just your dry hopping. They're adding all their hops then. And the name says it all. This beer is super soft on your palate. It's just like it just tickles those rounded edges of your tongue. Super, super smooth. Really nice melony juiciness to it. Uh, all around just a delicious beer. I mean, that does sound better than mine. And it has a fun uh, teddy bear on the can. I'm going to have to try that one out. Because that sounds really good. I've been, a, you know, I just like the juice bomb. Or, yeah, it's juice bomb so much from them that I, I, I didn't pick it up. Because I'm like, ooh. I should just get the juice bomb again. But that sounds oh, were, really delightful, too. Were you somewhere that had Super Soft? No, uh... I think I saw it up in Lock because I was at the Lockport Weg, uh, Tops. I highly doubt the Lockport Tops had Super Soft. You mean the the Lewiston? Lewiston, yeah. Okay, Lewiston Tops would have it. Yeah. Yes. That's the one. Yeah. But, you know, the one up near... Yeah, yeah. that's Lewiston. Lewiston. <laughs> yep. I'm like, the one near Brickyard. Yeah, Lewiston. Right, that's Lewiston. Yeah. That, that Tops would, and you should have bought yeah. it. Because I was up there for work, and I'm like, how much beer can I keep in my work truck while driving home? <laughs> Probably not that much. You know what I keep in my car? I keep a cooler. And I just, well, I, add, I add beer to it, and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I have people come into my store all the time and just give me beer. Like the f- That doesn't happen to me at my store. The, the f- I was w- once... A customer tried to tip me with a KBS, and I couldn't accept it. Mm. Uh, you know, field study came in. Uh, the Trugs Brewery came in. They said, "Oh, here, this is a new brewery, a new beer we're bringing out." And I went, "Okay." And uh, after having it, I'm not going to bring it into my store. Oh, well, there you go. You got to make decisions. I'm glad you're out there protecting everyone <laughs> for the greater good. Mm-hmm. The greater good. Greater good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but yeah, I, we don't only just add beers to our list. Sometimes we put comic books on the list. And those are the books coming out May 29th, 2019. Let's get ready to read. That was it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I woke up the baby. Ooh. It's okay. Babies love to read. <laughs> they also love head rubs. <laughs> Baby love had Uh So, Chris, what what book are you picking up? Because I feel like I started off all the beer talk. So yeah, that's possible. I don't know. I don't keep track of that stuff. But something I do keep track of are the books from my beloved Whedonverse. Mm. Uh, coming out from Boom Studios, we have Angel Number One, and this is kind of picking up like they did with their Buffy the Vampire Slayer Number One. It's a new reintroduction, like retelling of the Buffy spinoff Angel, um, the vampire cursed with a soul. Uh, this one being written by Joss Whedon with art by, where is it, Gelb Melkinoff. I don't know who he is or what he's done, but it says he's been credited, credited with the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers books, which we haven't read any of, I don't think. Uh, the Psycho Rangers are coming back. We read the issue one with the Green Ranger. Remember we read that where it was like the... It was like the retelling of um, Tommy coming to the group in the Green Ranger. Oh, that's guy. right. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't too bad, actually. Yeah, it looked good. 
I forgot about that. Um, I don't know. I'm looking forward to this. There's only been like two or three issues of the Buffy reboot so far. Even though we haven't been keeping up with our reading, I'm surprised that that's been kind of fallen behind. But again, I'm okay with it because I haven't been reading my comic books lately. I'm just glad that this is coming out because this is definitely a book that I want to check out and will be bringing to the table when we do our next uh, monthly look back. Hmm. I'm looking forward to... Jono. Hey, I'm Jono, and I'm looking forward to X-Men Grand Design Extinction number one of two. And this is uh, written in art by Ed Piscor. And this is um, following his uh, accolades from his first Grand Design. And this is him revisiting the classic storylines like the Mutant Massacre, the Fall of the Mutants, with the classic appearance of Longshot, Cable, and the Marauders. Um, we read... Man, so this is right when I got out of reading X-Men comic books. Well, it's like the it's like the late 80s, early 90s stuff. And it's all coming well, back around. We basically got a new Cable character in uh, The Outsiders now. The Outsiders, the uh, the DC, yeah, DC book has a ca- cable analog, and I've, people have been talking about it. Mm, it's not Magog. No, yeah, <laughs> Magog was another analog cable analog. You're right. Uh, no, this is a different one. I don't even know who he's called, what it's called, or, or uh, it's Caliber. His name is Caliber. Ooh, that's really close to mm. Cable. With with ca- with a spell with a K. Spell <laughs> with a K. Like the really bad non-alcoholic beer by uh, Guinness mm. or Harp Brewing. Uh, but we all enjoyed the uh, issue one of the Grand Design. I think I picked up issue two when it was on sale. He did a really, really good job with this. The art matched the storytelling, and I think it was something that we all like. I picked it up because I thought it looked interesting, and I think we all. You two went into it going like, ooh, what is this? And yeah. we all ended up really liking it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was a great retelling of those early X-Men stories that you you know, but you never have read. Um, I don't know. You know, like I said, this is when I got out of reading X-Men comics. I was there right at the beginning with uh, X-Men number one from Chris Claremont and Jim Lee. And I would read it kind of intermittently from then on. But once they started doing all like the big... Like crossover stuff like the extinction agenda and all that with like strife coming in and mr sinister that's right when i was kind of like uh i really like green lantern and like i kind of went on more of the dc side of things uh so i i'm kind of looking forward to this one just based off the pedigree of the uh ed pisker on it it sounds good paul i'm, I'm paul. paul i'm also running back in time uh, to revisit, uh, <laughs> I see what comics. you did there. And I'm going to be picking up. Uh, I'm excited to see that this is getting reprinted or a new volume is being made. I'm not sure which. This is the Flash by Mark Wade, Book Six. Uh, this is collecting the seminal uh, Flash run uh, from issues 119 to 129, including a couple Flash team-up books. So. Uh, Mark Wade's run is, you know, her- heralded as uh, some of the best Flash comics, and I, I kind of forget that they do get traded, uh, put together in trades. So I'm actually going to wait on Comicsology and just kind of scope this out 
Like I'll put it on my wish list and just kind of wait to see uh, when it falls down to a good price because the uh, suggested retail price is thirty dollars and for a trade. I mean that's not bad though. I don't but know. Does it say like I know it gives you the issue numbers? Does it say what arc it is? Like it's uh, the Flash uh, moving to Keystone City. Uh, Miss Mr. Frost strikes up. I don't know who that is, and uh, major disaster shows up. Who know? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know enough about Mark Wade's run to be like, oh yeah, that's the good part or that's the bad part. But it makes me interested to look for books one through five from Mark Wade and see if those are uh, cheaper <laughs> or you know in the ten ten to fifteen dollar range. When I'm buying digitally, like trades, like I need them to be pretty cheap nothing wrong with that and you know what there is something wrong with though what the fact that we forgot to pick a dramatic reading <laughs> it's been a while since we've done one of these uh, i literally just remembered when i threw it over to paul for the uh his pick for the list so i just arbitrarily picked a panel quick i don't know who wants to read it i can flip a coin and decide if it's john oh, or paul because i like <laughs> it's, paul. it's paul am i being giles I, I believe that is Giles, yeah. And w- so, and wait, I, 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 we I haven't done this in a while. <laughs> it's been a while. It's okay. And now, a dramatic reading from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, number two, page eight, panel one. And while I found an interesting thread on silver jewelry being used, and magic to hone more strength. It was more difficult to find silver that protects vampires. Are your feet on the table? That was a dramatic reading from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, number two, page eight, panel one. I, I feel like I could have done better. You, you probably could have, but usually I think we read the panel first just to get the the verbiage down. <laughs> I literally just sent it to you guys. I was like, hey, you know what we forgot? That was totally so you, thinking. Ah, Jeff's reading this. Hey, hey, just just on the just on the fly, off the cuff, you know, on the snide. You did great. Yep, I, I broke that zero one zero lead. So who won or lost that tilt bet? Do we know which one? Do we have another tilt bet going? The one between me and Chris, whether or not on the snide or was uh, was it was it for uh, I I think it's <laughs> I. I mean, you. Ha- I think it had nothing to do with what you were talking about, though. See, but it is a phrase. Yeah, but it's get off the Schneid. So you didn't oh, okay. have it. You didn't have it perfect. Because you were saying, like, so Ed was like off the Schneid. Uh, he's on the kids, Schneid. So he's he's looking beers. for. He's looking to buy low alcohol beer. He's you know been on the Schneid about it. Like, because then you're like, it's like you know, on right. the side of the knife. <laughs> Like I'll, I okay, I'll take, a loss. I, I'll take I think, a loss. I think it's draw, and you, neither one of you have to do it. All right, no, I, I think a draw means we both well, have to. Do Paul it. already owes like two or three <laughs> of them. No, I owe one. You, we don't want him to throw up on the table again. I understand. I owe one. You you owe one to me, and then you somebody brought up the fact that you well, no, I I owe one to John too because of the rampage thing. I think yeah. Mm-hmm. No, we all no Chris we, both Chris Paul owes me it for the rampage one. I owe you. I owe you one from. Something. Yeah, I you do. You do now. too. I think I'm the only one that doesn't. Uh, 
I don't have I don't have to drink a tilt, but I think Paul owes two. Oh wait, no, no, mine's um, mine hasn't been decided yet. We'll see once uh, Godzilla comes out because I think oh Gamera, uh, yeah. Gamera is in not, it. That's what is mine is. Not in it. I still I still think he's in. It. I saw a trailer for it again when I went to see Detective Pikachu, and I'm like, that could be Gamera because they mentioned there's 17 different kaiju that are in the world. I think I think we're gonna see Gamera, but he's he's a friend of the he's children. a friend of all children. But but you know he's not. That's a that great movie. movie. That's going to be on our summer movie bracket. See it, it all it all it all comes together. Oh, do you see it, guys? And this is so where Paul, we take. I was just going to say, yeah. Paul, explain our movie bracket buster for people. Oh, well, who might John, not, it's a mouthful. Uh, who might not be listening? <laughs> it is. Who might be new listeners? <laughs> who might not? I will not explain it to people that aren't listening. I refuse. Oh. If you're not listening to really, this, really, Paul, you someone, someone you work with is like, "Wow, I hear you guys do a pod, a podcast casting, and you have a summer movie blockbuster breakbuster. What is that?" And then they put their their chin on their fist as they like lean across the desk, like and look at you, wanting more. You won't tell them. No, no, I will say, download the episode and listen to this, and then you will hear because I need them downloads. I need them numbers. Because you know me, I love stats. And I love numbers. And this is a way for me to take the top 16 movies, or, well, not the top 16 movies, because Avengers Game wins. So we yes. decided to take 16 movies that we're interested in maybe seeing, maybe talking about, and, and setting them up in a medieval kind of uh, combat, where we uh, pit, them, uh, pit them up in a bracket, where we two movies enter, one movie leaves. Exactly. Where we uh, the very first round, we take their the movies opening weekend gross, uh, domestic gross, and we find those that number on boxofficemojo.com. and we and we compare those numbers, and whoever had the best opening weekend moves on to the second round. And in the second round, we compare the first weeks complete first weeks domestic gross, also found on boxofficemojo.com. Move it on to the second round. And so on and so forth. Second round, two weeks. Third round, three weeks of domestic gross. And then we crown a champion. Uh, these movies open up at all different times. And it gives us a way to talk about the movies throughout the whole summer in a different and kind of a fun way. Uh, it's hard to talk about every single movie that opens up uh, during the summer because there's so many of them. We are flooded with them. Some are better than others. And we, we kind of pick the ones that fit our our brand, our like modus operandi. So they're kind of more comic booky, nerdy, yeah, fun things. And, and like, except for like Paul said, except for Avengers Endgame, because we knew that one was going to do the most money, so we left it off the list this year. And because and not I've even seen it because twice we haven't in the movie even, wow. theater. Paul, and I've only I seen never it once. go to it, the movie theater. This, I think this is the first movie you've seen more times than I have. Two times. But like, and know, that we, thing, I've also seen Captain Marvel two times in the theaters too. So. I, I did see. I saw Captain Marvel twice in the theater as well. I want to see Avengers Endgame again. I just haven't had the time. And then when I finally did have the chance to, I was um, I was babysitting that night. Oh, and the kid I was watching hasn't watched all of Infinity War yet, so she didn't want to see mm. Endgame. So I was like, okay, well, you know, you can see whatever else you want. So that's uh, why we tech, uh, went to Detective Pikachu. That's a good one. Which was which was I, honestly like really good. Not I a bad s- choice. I want to I want to see it. 
Um, I mean, we did have that one on the bracket. That one did fall off because it's been a while since we've recorded. So it's already come out. It started to make that money. Same thing with John Wick 3. or is three. It John Wick Chapter 3? Okay. I don't know if they it's, had a different title. Uh, it's, I think it's John, like John Wick 3 pul- 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 Pulmendium or something. Or uh, Parabellum. Oh, man. Parabola. Not Parabola. Parabellum. Oh, it's not? Something that. It's something stupid. Parabola. Oh, those, those two movies were on the bracket um, due to our just unable... Yeah. Unability to record, they kind of they kind of fell off. But we did find suitable replacements for them uh, to to fight in their stead. Guys, I want to see Endgame one more time, and I want to see it in IMAX. Paul, Paul, it was all would you shot say you, you loved it? You loved it three thousand. I did love it three thousand. Paul, who Isn't are you? Just, who are you? I want to see, see an IMAX. It was shot all in IMAX, and I hear the scene on your the spoilers. The on your left scene is amazing in IMAX. And that scene gave me goosebumps twice. I was tearing up the first time, goosebumps the second time. Uh, John and I had the chance to talk about this stuff in, in that episode that we recorded. Um, but yeah, that movie is the whole payoff. And I completely forgot that I was waiting for other superheroes to come back. And I was ready just to watch Captain America with a broken shield take on Thanos and all of his, uh, his armies. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh crap, yeah, that's right. There's other people that are back now. <laughs> Captain America, he could do it all day. He doesn't want to. <laughs> and he didn't need to, thank goodness. Didn't have to. But yeah. Huh. But we're not here to talk about Avengers Endgame. We know that movie's you know, that's top domestic grocer of all time now. Uh, yeah, and it won last year's list, too. And they're actually saying that if it win, if it... And it has broke domestic. Is that now confirmed? Uh, yeah, that was confirmed like that a couple it, days ago. That after the, the weekend, movie something. theaters are closing now at a, such a growing rate that there won't be enough screens available for any other movie to break it. So it might stand for all time, hmm. at least domestically. In China, movie theaters are opening up left, right, and center. No, not, now China has uh, disposable income. They're they're ready to spend oh, yeah. that money on movies. I feel <laughs> I feel like it's another couple years before movie theaters like it's gonna just be out on demand, and you're just gonna boop boop and just watch it from your home and not go to the theater for it. I'm, I'm honestly surprised we haven't gotten to that point yet. At least maybe with some studio just saying like, well, yeah, you know what, let let's do this. Like, yeah, you can go see it at home or spend the twenty bucks today, watch it streaming. There, there have been, there's been a lot of smaller movies that have done that, like those movies that get those releases, like oh, it's only released in California, and New York City. The opening day, they'll also put it up on Amazon or on on streaming sites and stuff where you can. But like at the same time, if that was the case with something like Endgame, I probably would have watched it at least like another two or three times by now because. Once I get home from work, instead of putting on something like The Office, where I can just sit there and watch it again, I would love to see Endgame. Well, I think I, I would have no problem spending twenty bucks just to watch that. I at think home. that's a thing now that, like, like with Disney, they have the Disney Plus, where they might just do that and say, "Okay, you have the app now; you can pay for movies that are in theaters now to watch them from your thing." It, 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 they easily could do that. 
Yeah, I'm just going to say this. Uh, a lot of the smaller theaters like that are, are open in smaller towns, uh, the Palace up in Lockport, for instance, they didn't get Endgame because it was so expensive to actually bring it into the theater. And I think we're going to see that more and more, where these smaller theaters are going to become second run only. Why do you keep putting everything in lo- to Lockport? Isn't the Palace <laughs> in Hamburg... No, there's a palace in Hamburg, and that actually got in game. But I was up at the palace in Lockport. Yeah, that's that one's in Lockport. And uh, they they weren't. I was there working on uh, their security system because that's what I do for work on the day that Endgame was opening. And I'm like, so uh, big night, right? Endgame, and they're like, oh, we're not getting it. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and they explained why, and it's just like the the amount of cost, like. They, they would need to give the, the back to the studio 70% of all ticket sales. So they're like, we can't survive on 30%, even with concessions. Like, because we got to keep our concessions low because we got to compete with the bigger theaters. So we're just not going to have Endgame. So, and that's what the, I think people are saying now is like, hey, this might stand for all time just because the theaters won't be there to support, like, such a big movie again. Uh, so, so it's really funny is when you look up Palace Theater in Lockport and you go under their pictures and it's like, wow, that's a really beautiful thing. And it's like, oh, they show movies and people put plays on. But there's a picture of, like, little girls dressed as Super Mario doing some type of dance routine. And I want to know why. It's really bizarre. <sighs> Did you not believe there was a Palace Theater in Lockport? After I told you there was? <laughs> yeah, I had to look it up, Paul. Paul, okay. what is the percentage of things well, that you say that we, I believe? Do I don't remember. But do we want to go over what the bracket matchups are, or do you just want to like get right into Let's it? Let's just like get with... right into it, because okay. people can fill out their bracket uh, as, as we go, because they'll hear it, because we'll be doing the matchups. Let's stop, start, as we always do, upper left-hand corner. And this is the big one. This... These, this is a big matchup. This is Spider-Man Far From Home versus Dark Phoenix. <laughs> John sent a picture of the kids dresses yep, Mario and Luigi. Yep, that's, that's a picture that's, of that. That's happening. Yep. Um, yeah, Spider-Man Far From Home versus X-Men Dark Phoenix. Again, <laughs> I I haven't seen an X-Men movie in a while. We're we're back to doing Dark Phoenix. I don't I'm pretty know sure Dark Phoenix was on our list last how summer. This, I think New Mutants was, but New Mutants has gotten pushed back again. again. Yeah, I hear it's not coming out. Yeah, that's going to be a Disney Plus only thing. That's going <laughs> to. We'll see, but that's like the X Men movie that I'm most likely to check out. Um, my thoughts on Spider Man Far From Home, though, were very dependent on Endgame. It's a movie that I would see no matter what, but I was really just curious about what point in Marvel history is this taking place in? Is it going to be right after Homecoming? Is it going to be after uh, Endgame? Is it in some weird nebulous space? And then as soon as Endgame came out and we got the new trailer where it literally starts off with uh, Tom Holland being like, hey, if you haven't seen Endgame, don't watch this. Spoilers. Go ahead. Baba Booey. (laughs) I, that's not what he said. He's he's British. They, they, I don't think they have Howard Stern over there. They have what's his name? Graham. Graham, yeah, Graham Norton. Norton. Very different. Um, 
But no, this movie is definitely a follow-up to Endgame. Um, as much as Endgame was the closing of that Thanos Infinity Gauntlet saga, this is very much an epilogue to that. Like this is required viewing now because this is dealing with again spoilers for Endgame. If you're the one person that hasn't seen it, this is him dealing with the fallout after the death of Iron Man and trying to fill that role after losing you know another father figure while we still haven't even had to deal with him losing uncle ben i'm looking forward to seeing that play out but man like this movie seems a lot bigger than it originally did when we got that first teaser and then that first actual trailer uh absolutely and i think what's interesting is i you're gonna have the tony stark death i think that's his uncle ben moment and I think they may have had that planned from the start. That he's. And you think that's why they didn't really touch on it in like Civil War? I think so else? because who's his father figure? Tony. Yeah. So I think. I think it's a flip. I think it's a flip coin. The flip side. No, it's it's, Uncle ben. it's called Bitcoin. No. <laughs> Spider Man. He he's a happening kid. He's all about the cryptocurrencies. Where where. You know, Uncle Ben is the motivating factor to become Spider-Man, and then after he's Spider-Man and Tony Stark dies, it's he wants to get away from being Spider-Man. He doesn't want to be Spider-Man anymore. It's the reason to walk away and go far from home. Hmm. I don't know. We'll see. I'm I'm really looking forward to this movie, and I'm going to put it out there first because I haven't heard anyone else say this yet. Um. My thoughts, yeah, new trailer, they're portraying it like Mysterio is from another another Earth, all like post-snappening. Post yeah, all lies. What I think we're going to have, though, is we're going to get our first actual Sinister Six, because it's going to be Mysterio teaming up with these four other villains. He's just gaslighting everybody. So you're and saying Nick Fury is chameleon? I, I think that's where I'm going with it. I think it's not real. We already know that Spider-Man's sloppy with his identity. Mm-hmm. He's already like introducing himself to everybody. Like, hey, I'm Peter Parker, <laughs> Spider-Man. Like, yeah, MJ's able to figure it out. Yeah, I, I think we're gonna get like our Sinister Six. It's gonna be Mysterio, Chameleon, and then we have the four like elementals. You know, like the Molten Man, Sandman, Hydro Man, and then whoever Air Man is. I don't know who they could use in that role. Um, Spider-Man's got a lot of terrible villains. But I think that's going to be their kind of like little twist, like, oh no, see, like we tweaked it a little bit, like Sinister Six. Here they are, like they were just no, they were nobody criminals, you know, that operated under this name, and then they they glue up. I think it's going to be definitely close. Where Peter's going to put Mysterio kind of on a mantle to be like the next Tony Stark, and then it turns out that he's been behind it all, and he's the true villain, and he's been lying. So I think it's going to be very close. I'd like to see where it all comes from. I think those are all just Mysterio. He made those things. They're not real elementals. It's just all Mysterio magic. Because that's the character, you know? Yeah, and that's... But again, like, I don't... That's how I'm going into it. It's like, well, who knows? Like, maybe it, it, it could be real, and they could be expecting us to doubt this because of what we know of Mysterio from the comics, or as I saw him more in the 90s animated series, because I never really bought any Mysterio comics growing up. It's true. But, uh, 
That's going up against Dark Phoenix, which we haven't talked about. Uh, There's a reason we haven't talked about it, I think. It's But Sasa uh, gets the throne? A spoilers alert! <laughs> she doesn't. Um, She's Queen of the North. No, that's that's the thing. That's all this, I know about that show. This movie, it it doesn't look great. I'm still just confused about where this takes place in the X-Men canon now. After they've kind of gone back, but things that happened before have still kind of happened because it put characters on certain paths. I don't get the X-Men film continuity anymore. I don't think they do either. All I know is what we talked about previously on the Not episode where they had this big end scene like planned, but then they wound up just putting it... No, it takes place on a train now instead of in yeah. space. Yep. I, it, that... I think the the movie was a problem for, what, like a year and a half. And instead of just being like, well, let's just cut our losses. People say they are, these movies suck anyways. Just put it out. And instead they spent more millions of dollars that they didn't really have to try to fix it. And it just made it all even worse. It's called the sunk cost fallacy. Well, it's like, what is it? Um... Uh, the the kid who plays Spider Man and uh, Daisy blah 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 from Star Wars there, Daisy Daisy Ridley and Tom Holland. They have they have a movie that's coming out that I guess they've said it's like it's unwatchable. It's so bad that it should just be shelved and just not put out. But they're going back to spend like fifty million dollars to try to fix it. And it's like, well, no, maybe just not, not do that. Just eat eat that cost. Yeah, because it's you're just making you're just making the movie dig its hole even bigger. You know, like why why even bother? And this sucks because you know what I mean. Spoilers, but Spider Man's obviously going to be my pick. I I would love to love the X Men movies again. I would be overjoyed to be excited for an X Men movie. And honestly, even going back two years ago when we got the trailer for New Mutants originally, I I was excited for that because it looked new, it looked different. It it caught me. Like, I was pumped for that movie, and now it keeps getting pushed back, and they're going to reshoots, and it's getting pushed back. That that movie, I don't think, is going to be what it was supposed to have been to begin with. And that's going to hurt it because now they're trying to rework it into what they want it to be instead of what it should have been all along, which was a X-Men movie that was also a horror movie, much like Deadpool was an X-Men movie that was also a comedy. They're trying to cookie cutter into the X-Men franchise. It's just going to suck now. I I agree. My pick is Spider-Man as well. Uh, that's we're all the same. Spider-Man from ho- Far From Home. Who cares about Dark Phoenix? I'm of the camp where Marvel's just waiting for that to come out, and then we'll actually hear the plans for the next for the actual X-Men movies directed by Marvel Studios. All right, uh, let's just keep on going down that list. This side of the bracket, and we have Men in Black International versus Stuber. This is uh, basically Thor and Valkyrie team up as men and black people, and Stuber, which is Drax the Destroyer, teaming up with uh, the guy from Paint something uh, sick. 
The Big Sick. The Big Sick, which I haven't seen. It's very. Good it's, about. I was going to call it American yeah. Sick. It's actually a pretty good movie. Sick. It's very good. Uh, yeah, I added Stuber here because this is where Detective Pikachu is going to go, and we needed to pick a new movie. And the trailer just dropped today for Stuber, which. Oh, I didn't realize it was yeah. that fresh. Uh, the movie comes out in June, but like the trailer just like just came out. But this is uh, Camille Nashami as uh, an Uber driver who is called, uh, um, and his fare is uh, Drax the Destroyer, which is I can't think of his what's his name, Dave, Dave Batista. Batista, who is a cop who had bad LASIK surgery who can't drive. And it's a misadventure of these two guys uh, coming together and becoming bosom buddies. To me, the trailer looks really, really fun. And it looks like this movie was written for The Rock, but The Rock was too busy to do it. <laughs> so they got Dave Bautista, uh, who looks like he does a great job having fun in this movie. I will say, Dave Bautista, I'm glad he's kind of getting to that rock status now where it's like hey we need you know big burly action guy that can still do kind of like quirky funny stuff um this looks a lot better than that other dave batista movie that's coming out my spy oh i thought you were going to say hotel artemis which already came out oh uh, I, I wanted to see that one i haven't it was good um no my spy looks really bad oh that's the one where it's it's the, like the, the little, little girl kid. that catches him in um Lauren Shaw, like doing their thing, and he's like, "Oh, I can't be found out again. Like, I'm I'm bad at my job. I need to grow alongside this little kid. I'm going to give her confidence." That movie, it's like, what's what's that Vin Diesel Pacifier. one? Pacifier, Tooth Fairy. Yeah, it looks the like Rock, that. the Rock, did good. Tooth Fairy. Oh. The Rock, the Tooth Fairy. <laughs> Vin Diesel did Pacifier, the, um, and Hulk Hogan the did, did Mister Nanny too. Mr. Nanny is great. Also, Suburban Commando, also great. Um, I don't know. This movie wasn't on my radar when you mentioned it. I didn't get a chance to watch the preview or the trailer right until we started, uh, before we started recording. I think it looks a lot of fun. It kind of hits me in that weird, like, offbeat comedy, like something like um, Let's Be Cops or The 30 Minutes or Less. Yeah. Okay. Like it's a weird comedy. It's not going to do well, but I think it's still going to be fun to watch. Um, Men in Black International, though, this is the Thor Ragnarok sequel. I feel like everyone wants, and I think this is going to just take place between Thor Ragnarok and Endgame. Like this is this is what they're doing because I had no desire to see the other. Men in Black movie. I don't know if it was called Men in Black 3 or if it had some other weird subtitle. It was Men in Black 3. It, it was Josh Brolin. Yeah, but it was like a prequel. No, they had to go... Or they went back K in time. They had to go back in time because there's something in Kay's memory to solve what's happening in the present. And I think whales were involved. Ah, yes. Men in Black, the quest yes. for peace. Or well, No, what was the... Voyage Home? I don't remember. Yeah, Voyage Home there's, would have been, yeah, was it the whales? Hello, computer. There's Hello, been computer. A, lot of, a lot of bad Star Trek movies and a lot of bad Superman movies. The uh, Voyage Home was know. pretty good. I just remember Scotty picking up the computer mouse and being like, Hello, computer. Hello. And then uh, he types like a badass. 
Yeah, he does. He's absolutely like a badass. And then missing missing a finger. Then Bones says, "But something something plastic hasn't been invented yet." He's like, "Well, how do we know he didn't invent it?" Uh, Men in Black International. That gets my vote. This is a movie that I will see. I don't know if I'll go check it out in the theaters right away. Um, I'll see it at some point. Stuber, first of all, I'm surprised that they actually have the name rights to Uber, and I'm surprised they didn't just call it, like, Get a Ride or something like that. Um, I can't imagine there being a huge bidding war between Uber and Lyft for this kind of thing. But who knows? The, Hollywood's the one a weird main place. character's name is Stu, and he drives an Uber, so Stuber. Yeah, but they... But they actually call it Uber, and that's what. Yeah, Chris no, I know. I'm just, and I was just explaining the title. Mm, okay. Thank you. Uh, I, I, yeah, also, I, have I we seen Uber's uh, stock price recently? Like, they need all the good press they can get. So, really, yeah, it's been stumbling. Oh, interesting. Um, but Men in Black International would be the movie that I would probably check out first, just because Chris Hemsworth does comedy well. I think he was one of the better parts of. The best, the Ghostbusters the best, movie, the that best we got, part like. of Ghostbusters. That's what I was uh, going to say well, about this movie. All right, <laughs> Laura. No, um, what's her name? McKinney. Uh, Kate McKinnon. Yeah, Kate McKinnon. She she was good in it. I liked her like just being kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. I just I don't like what's her name, Melissa McCarthy. 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 Yeah, she, I just don't like her. I just wish there was some a character that actually played straight, like one character, any character. Everybody was an Egon, is what you're saying. Yeah, everybody was the over the top goofy character. There was no straightman. Like, okay. Anyways, that's that's Ghostbusters. We're talking. I'm taking Men in Black International as well. I'm always okay with Ghostbusters talk. That's that's where I'm at. Uh, Over Stuber uh, for all the reasons listed uh, before. I'm gonna go. Let's get down to. uh, I I I'm gonna go Stuber. I think I think Men in Black is going to do better than it hands down. But the movie that I w- so why the movie that I would actually probably so, sometimes people do this. We we make a stand. We we got okay. we got we got to make it different. We're all going to be the same picks anyways for most of them. So I'm changing it up. Uh I have a newborn. The only times we get out to the movies, I get my mother over, she watches the baby, we go to the movies. I think and then you pay for I it. think I think I would have my mother come over and I think my wife and I would probably go see Stuber and just wait for Men in Black to come out and watch it streaming or wherever we can. So that's why I'm picking Stuber cuz I think it would be okay. I think I'd have I think I'd have I might have a little more fun with that. And I like the Men in Black franchise is just like I've I've been burnt out on it since the first one, mm-hmm. which was what ninety seven. Uh, when did Miami come out? Ninety seven, ninety eight. Yeah, it was, I mean it was somewhere around there. That was back when Will Smith was mostly a singer. Now, no, he was mostly a Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> Uh, you know, he was taking things fast and furious back then. And Men in Black, ni- and Black and Fur- 97, just want to say. I was... Good, okay. Good. Fast and Furious? Well, that was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood back then, 97. Uh, which is going up against Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. 
So, Fast and Furious, another buddy cop movie. K- kind of buddy cop. I don't even know. I, what I guess. I, I, don't, I don't even know. And once I, don't, a, I don't watch those movies. And Once a Time in Hollywood, is this as Manson Murders again? Uh, it is 1969 it's... movies, the Quentin Tarantino world, with Manson in it. The actual theatrical trailer just dropped versus the teaser trailer we got maybe a month ago. Um, I think that just came out yesterday or today. And it doesn't seem super about Manson, but Manson definitely has a, a play it's, in it. It's present. It's there in the background. Mm. Um, but it's a it's a Tarantino movie. It looks good, and out of both of these, I think they're actually both going to do really, really well because I think people love Jason Statham. They love The Rock. They know these characters from the you know money making Fast and Furious movies. So I think I yeah. think that this movie is going to do really, really well. But I well, and that's the thing, like Fast and Furious movies. They kind of earned their spot on the the movie Bracket Buster because we've always left them off, and then they kind of just kept earning more and more money. And then John, I think it was you that was like, oh, "We should probably start including these." Yeah, I was pushing to include them, but they were coming out in April, okay, and we never it started it be- before their release. I'm like, I've only if they were on our brackets, they would have like beat out a lot of the other movies. But I've only seen, I think, two of the Fast and the Furious movies of the eight that they have. Mm-hmm. This movie just looks stupid and fun, which is why I would want to see it. And I like both of these people, you know, The Rock and uh, Jason Statham. And then with Idris Elba as the bad guy, it just... The black Superman. It seems just like stupid fun. Uh, I want to see that. But then again, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood... It's the next Tarantino movie. It's like a Hollywood actor and his stunt double trying to become famous. And then in the background, it's going up against the Manson murders. It could be weird, twisted fun. I kind of slept on seeing Hateful Eight until it popped up on Netflix. And then after I watched it, I was like, okay, that was that was really good. Like that, It was better than I expected it to be. Did you see... I, I Did you see the director's cut of hateful eight which is now like a two-part movie on uh it's like if they call it like a series now on netflix i no, i didn't see that i watched it like after it popped up and i was like oh like let me check this out i i will go i will look into that tonight (laughs) actually i'm off tomorrow i can be up all evening i don't care no but um John, I'm sorry, I kind of cut you off before when you were talking. No, you're fine. You can finish your idea. You're fine. I think it's we've all we. Uh, this is this is actually a really tough pick for me, and we do this every year where we kind of have to be won over because both of these movies are movies that I want to see, and I just can't pick which one first: the dumb fun action movie, or a Quentin Tarantino dumb fun action movie. Uh, the latest trailer that came out has shown like. It's just a bevy of stars in the Tarantino one. Kurt Russell's in it. Um, I can't even remember all the other uh, big actors that are like, oh, he's in it? He's in it? That person's got a bit part in it? I think with Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt and 
just for the even the teaser trailer, the chemistry that those two guys have, and the fact that you have Brad Pitt's character having a fight with Bruce Lee uh, in the movie, I think, like it 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 sealed the deal for me that this is going to be my pick, and I think it's going to be a lot of people's pick because we're winding down. I think this is the ninth film by Quentin Tarantino. And he said he's only making ten films, so this is his second to last movie before uh, I, he says he. I hope retires. number ten's that that Kill Bill, like finale. Uh, I don't think um, what's her face is ever going to work with him again. Uma, Uma Thurman after, yeah, who knows? Uh, so yeah, who know? Who knows? But whatever he ends up doing, he does. He does exactly what that movie's supposed to be. He wanted to make a Western samurai revenge story. You got the Kill Bills. He wanted to make a World War II movie. Uh, you get um, whatever that movie is. Uh, I can't think of his, its name. Inglorious Bastards. Bastards. Which is probably one of my favorite Tarantino movies. After it, It's that or Kill Bill. I don't know. Uh, and then even like Hateful Eight, he pretty much made a stage play. You know, it's in basically one one. Yeah, it's all those actors one, in just one one, one room, spot. and he. That's what he wanted to do. He wanted to make a western stage play, and that's what he did. You know, like he just Wait, like Twelve Angry Men. He yeah he yeah it, it's it's very that or like Ten Little Indians. Yeah. He number and <laughs> Paul, Paul, you're quiet again. Are you are you getting no, a no. beer? Or are you no? Okay. I was... I, I was sleeping. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you heard someone talking about Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> oh, 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 be on the podcast. Alright. So, John, uh, your pick is what? My, my pick is Tarantino. Okay. My pick is Fast and Furious presents Hobbes and Shaw, just because I think it'll make more money. Because I don't care about art or anything. <laughs> I just want to win. <laughs> I don't care about now, art or anything. Now, here, here's the thing. We could play the Jason Statham drinking game to Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, that's true. That's a good drinking game. <laughs> you, you take a lot of drinks. Um, I'm going to go Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, though. I, As much money as the Fast and the Furious movies make, I think this one, people aren't going to be as into it because it's not a... Vin Diesel movie, cannot canonical Fast and Furious movie. I don't, I don't know, but again, this is some of that scene like Fast and the Furious and Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. I don't know. I could be really wrong in this, but I'm going to go Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Right. Next up, we got Godzilla, King of Monsters versus It Chapter Two. Ooh. Both sequels. Both sequels. Both off based off of older franchises too good matchup that just kind of came together kind of happened yeah because it chapter two was originally going to be uh john wick yeah and we had a dip into september to pull that movie so i'm going with uh godzilla king of monsters and i'm also going to go to the bathroom uh i'm that's okay i i can talk about godzilla because i'm i'm really pumped for this movie i didn't care for the first godzilla i thought it was 
a lot of running around bullshit, and then you got some cool Godzilla stuff. And this looks like a lot of cool you, Godzilla stuff, but it still seems like it's got a layer of bullshit. I, I think to make a kaiju movie now, you have to have a little bit of bullshit. Um, even Pacific Rim had a little bit of bullshit, and in between it, you got those awesome moments. Um, Uprising, I, even after I finally got to watch that, that was even more bullshit, but... I think it was worth the three or five bucks I spent to watch it off of the uh, Xbox Marketplace. I didn't get to watch Godzilla when it originally released, but I finally caught it after it had been put on Netflix a couple years ago. And when I watched it, it wasn't the movie that I expected it to be, but I still really dug it. It kind of hit me almost like something um, like Super 8 or District 9, where it was one of those movies that was so referential to what had inspired it that just came off as such a big love letter to that type of movie that I was like okay this is this is a cool Godzilla movie especially since the last thing I had to compare it to was the Matthew Broderick Godzilla 2000 which (laughs) it literally the only thing I remember about that movie was Godzilla eating a semi truck full of Doritos the rest of that movie has been wiped from my memory I really dug Godzilla. King of the Monsters just looks really cool. I want to see Godzilla protecting humanity from like King Ghidorah and Mothra and all this other stuff. I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing Gamera pop up into it. Um, Gamera? I still have... Gamera, yeah, sorry. I keep saying it weird. Yeah, you do. You caught me on that last time. I don't know why. Um, I'm not a big Stephen King fan. I didn't see the Pet Cemetery thing that just came out. Oh, it's awful. Ago. It's really bad. Is it really? It's yeah, it's I didn't see it when it came out, even though people loved it. It was really good. I saw the original it when I was a kid. I thought it was okay. I I don't have the strong desire to see it chapter two. Maybe eventually if I see it, I'll be like, Okay, you know what, let me check this one out. But for me, I don't know, Godzilla. It's just hitting me in that sweet spot. I'm I'm really pumped for this movie. I'm going to see it in theaters. I just I hate the fact that with my limited free time I have to probably choose between seeing either Godzilla or Aladdin first because spoilers for later on down the bracket, Aladdin's one of my all time favorite Disney movies. Like this is something that I have to see. And it's tough that I'm trying to decide between that or Godzilla. Uh, my pick is go- Godzilla comes out the following week. Paul's uh, back, everybody. Yeah. It, it comes out the 30th or 31st of May. Uh, so you don't need to de- decide. But, like, y- you came back right after it says, I, oh. I don't have a lot of free time just between, like, oh, two jobs. Okay. So when I do have that time, oh. I'm going to have to devote, like, an afternoon or an evening to like going to, like to drive to the theater to see it. So ah, I'm sorry. It's the no. It's okay. It's just the time investment for me to actually go check out the movie is like, which one do I want to see the most? Because I'm super pumped for Godzilla, but then Aladdin's one of my all-time favorite Disney movies, so I I have to see that. Well, when you have a, a day off, you need to do a Paul and do a double feature and just go see them both in one day. I mean, I could. I haven't done that since we saw the uh, the Hulk movie, though. Right? Uh, 
pro tip, don't go see Captain Marvel right before going to see Infinity War. The uh, emotional change between the last scene, the post credit scene, of a cat, uh, spoilers, of a cat puking up a tesseract versus Hawkeye's family getting snapped is not a good <laughs> juxtaposition. It's not, it's not fun. It's not okay, a good since we're, since we're doing Endgame spoilers now, where was Goose? As a cat fan, I need to know where was Goose because in the BMW commercial, I know Goose is still around because they're debriefing Captain Marvel on everything that's been going on in the universe since she left. Goose is still alive. Where was Goose in Endgame? 25 years later. Wow. It's a flurkin. We, we don't know how long they live for. Yeah, Goose true. could be eternal. And who knows? Maybe Captain Marvel. She took her. You know, took the cat off planet. She. she well, no, she because she she could have come back and been like, "Hey, blah blah blah." B- you know B- what? BMW commercial. I want this cat. BMW commercial. Goose is there. Oh, I didn't see the BMW. Are you, are you saying? Oh, actually, look it up. It's kind of cute. Okay. But my pick is going to be. It. I was afraid. It. it. My pick is going to be it. it. Two. Chapter two, uh, Paul. I also picked Godzilla, just so you know. Okay, uh, cool, cool. I cool, cool. I, I was a a very big fan of the the it chapter one. I thought they did an amazing job. I think all the actors, the kid actors, especially, did a great job in it, and um, it satisfied uh, my appreciation for the it classic. 90s thing that I watched when I was a little kid and scared the shit out of me. I think it did a really good job. I actually read the book right before that movie came out. Actually, I finished the book after I saw the movie uh, because it is a very long book and Stephen King is extremely long-winded. So I'm actually looking forward to seeing the second part. I think it did a really great job and I'm looking forward to some of the crazy stuff that I think they're going to keep in from the book that really should be in the film. And I'm not talking about the weird sex scene between all the boys and the girl. Like, not that, but, like, the statue of uh, the guy... Uh, what's the the lumberjack with the great big blue ox? Paul, Paul Bunyan. Bunyan. There's a Paul Bunyan statue that comes to life, and it's going to try to kill Bill Hader. Like, I'm looking forward to that. I've, I've never read it. I, I just know that Stephen King used to do... Oh, it's, he's, def- he's definitely... Yeah. Was- he that definitely sells was hooked up for it. But I think the casting for all the adult characters are great. Bill Hader, um, uh, Jessica Chastain, um, the guy who plays Professor X, uh, McAvoy, he's in it. James McAvoy. Uh, I think they, they pick some really good people. The guy from the Old Spice commercials is in it. Uh, uh, oh my goodness. Uh, Islam. It's like... I don't know. It's the guy from the Old Spice commercial. Saying. I think it's going to be... Everyone knows who you're talking about. I think it's going to be good, and I think it's done... It did great box office the last time, and more people saw it on video. My wife, we watched it when it was on HBO, and she even said she'd go to the theater to see it, and she hates scary movies, so that's great for me. Because I want to see it. So that's going to close out that side of... Isaiah Mustafa, Paul. That's who you're thinking about. Yeah, that's who I was thinking about. <laughs> um, that's going to close out that side of the bracket. Does anyone have a beer they want to talk about before we head over to the other side? Cause, cause I would do. like to talk about the beer that I'm drinking so I can go open another beer because I don't like it. 
And this is from uh, McKellar, New York City. Yeah, this is from McKellar, New York City, which is a collab with its um, an Asian brewery. There's a gorilla with the brewery. I can't find what the the brewery is called, uh, but it is the beer is called Korean Common, and this is an Asian inspired ale with yuzu and ginger, coming in at five percent. And I don't like it at all. No, I like yuzu. It's a nice citrusy thing, but this tastes like. It tastes like a high-gravity lager with that mealy apple taste that you get from high-gravity lagers, but without mm. the fact that it's, you know, you're tearing the door off the frame. <laughs> Earthquake! A hurricane. Oh, no, that was hurricane. That's what it was. I couldn't it, remember. <laughs> it really falls super flat, and it just isn't... I don't. It just doesn't have great flavor to it, and... You know, I'm glad that, you know, my salesman went to New York City and brought me this back. It was very nice of him, but I didn't have to buy it, and that's nice for me. Um, while you're grabbing your other beer, I'm going to talk about my next one. And coming from Blue Point Brewing, this is their Mad Seed. Um, seed spelled S-E-A apostrophe D. And this is a lager brewed with sea salt and watermelon. Um, it's a 4.6% beer. It's very nice, very refreshing. I would have to put this up against something like the um, 21st Amendment Hell or High Watermelon because it tastes exactly the same, which isn't a bad thing. Like They're both great, drink it cold on a hot day, refreshing beers. Like This is fantastic. Uh, I think I paid like 11 bucks for the four-pack. At this point, it would just come down to whichever's the cheapest. I can get the four-pack of this or the six-pack of Hell or High Watermelon. Whichever one's cheaper, it would be a great hot summer day drink outside on a picnic beer. I, I'm enjoying it. I will be putting the rest of this uh, four-pack, the other three, in the refrigerator to drink tomorrow when I'm sitting on the porch reading comics or something. It's not great, but... I didn't pick it up expecting it to be more than what it was, especially coming from a brewery like Blue Point. I love their toasted lager. It's kind of one of my go-to, like, bargatory beers. This, you know, is a great companion to that. It's drinkable. It's cheap. I like it. Is there something I would drink over it? Yeah, probably. Even going back to what, what John was talking about with the Dogfish Head Sequential, where it was, like, the lime with the... Uh, sea salt ale again i would put that in the same category i would probably go to that one first just because on a hot day i kind of like that little like zest a little bit more um, again not bad i think it was worth it for the four pack um my favorite beer i had tonight no probably not that would go over to the the citrus punch from southern tier but i i'm appreciating this nice I'm appreciating a old standby for us. This is something that we kind of keep cellared, just uh, just waiting on it to mature a little bit. And this is the Creme Brulee from Southern Tier uh, Brewing Company. Uh, this has been in my basement since September of 2018. And this is about the time that I start really enjoying it because all the sweetness kind of dies out. But then on the aftertaste, it's all just straight up vanilla. So you get mm-hmm. it's like a vanilla 
vanilla goodness. It's a nice like to me. It's like a like a burnt caramel and like a marshmallow vanilla. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm. I, I was taking a sip while you were saying that, John. But I agree that is a good marshmallow. Yeah, it is a marshmallow vanilla. It's it's full still full mouth. You know, uh, it, it totally takes over every single taste bud. Um, I think if you let it age longer, it does become more of that bourbon stout kind of thing, where that vanilla yeah. kind of mellows out even more. But right now, it's I like disagree. Full mouth intense flavor still. I have I, see. I, I would had, agree more with Paul, but I, I just I also just love drinking the creme brulee like day one. Yeah, you're gross. You're nasty boy. I just I don't know I like I really like that big sweet and I don't usually like really big sweet beers but for some reason creme brulee it, it just it works for me right now this is a caramel marshmallow yeah and it's great I, if I let it age more John what were you going to say I just had like a, a two and a half three year old one and I thought it was phenomenal with the burnt oh see that's I can't imagine drinking one. Well, first of all, I can't. Well, it's easy can't for people who don't like one it. for that long without drinking it. Because um, I'll just drink it. <laughs> I've gone through a four. Right now, I've gone through a four pack, and it's been over just over the course of a month um, that I've drinking this four pack. Because right now, I really, I've been really enjoying it. I think it's full flavored, big mouth feel. Granted, I haven't opened up my one that I still have that's, I don't know how many years old. John, how many years old is it? I think it's two and a half, three years old. I'm trying to find out. I, I shared, I'm looking for, I shared a picture of me having it. And I shared what how old it was. I, I still have that exact same batch. Uh, in my fridge as well, uh, just ready to go because I'm I'm waiting on it. So, um, but I'm enjoying this. You know, how many months out? Nine. So that's plus three. So eight months out. So you know, half a year, eight months yeah, out. I think it's that's good. probably how long I could have one in my my pantry or closet before I go to it. I think that's that's okay. Yeah. So the the bottle. I do keep years it though. No. The bottle that I drank was bottled 12, 15, 15. And I wow. thought it was amazing. That's so long ago. All right. Well, John, let's move on. Uh, to my next beer? Yes. And this is from a brewery <laughs> that we just talked about called Cigar City. Hey. And this is their Oatmeal Raisin Cookie Brown Ale. Oh, uh, yeah. This just came in in four packs uh, maybe about a month ago, and people are dumb because they haven't been buying it. And it is They're absolutely delicious. The cinnamon, the lactose in this brown ale just make it unbelievably delicious. This, I feel like this beer should be out in the fall. <laughs> Not a late yeah. spring, beginning of summer beer, but... You know what? Sitting around a campfire, I probably would love drinking this. And uh, it's that's a great, fantastic beer. I they do have it available here to buy in cans as well. I just keep thinking back to when we actually had it at oh. the brewery, though, and we had like the imperial version of it. That was fantastic. Yeah, we brought a crowler home, I believe, Paul, didn't we? Of this, did we have that? I know. I just remember the uh, blueberry pancake. Yeah, we had one that the crawler. Yeah, 
They do great. Cigar City does a really good job. Uh, and this beer is, without a doubt, a great beer. So I'm very glad I had it. And uh, I'm glad that I still have some in my store where I can just kind of grab it whenever I want. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm glad you have it. But I'm surprised that even that made its way up there. Like that's It was a special pre-order. And I probably pre-ordered okay. too many because... I I I haven't oh, sold as many as uh, I think I sold maybe a case out of the six cases I brought in. That's your gain. Like honestly, like if you were still at the uh, the McKinley store, I would text my mom and be like, "Yo, go buy this beer because I know she like she would love that too." Yeah, I'll just I'll, I'll maybe I'll just buy a pack and just drop it off at your mom's house. Oh, I let me know because I'm sure she would appreciate it because that beer is fantastic. It. Is. it it's so weird that like, it tastes just like an oatmeal cookie. It's not it one of those like false branding things. You you get that nice oatmeal like malt to it. Like there's that raisin sweetness. It's the perfect. And it's balance. just got the right amount of cinnamon. I I probably wouldn't mind the cinnamon turned up a little bit because I like cinnamon in my beer. You love you love the cinnamon, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's delicious. Yeah, that's. I mean. Out of my beers I had today, like I said, when you were up getting yours, the citrus uh, punch was my favorite. But out of your beers, oh, yeah, definitely. Oatmeal cookie would be my favorite. You too. know, it's a toss-up between this and the Super Soft. Because the Super Soft is really good IPA, super crushable, melony, nice richness. It's really something different for those New England beers. But this has just got so much going on. Yeah. Uh, much like the next two movies on our list, guys, if you go to the right side of the list, our top two are yep. Toy Story 4 and The Secret Life of Pets 2. And I don't think any of us want to see The Secret Life of Pets 2 because probably none of us saw um, the first one. I, yeah, I did see that. the first one. I, yeah, is it good? I, I mean, I to- actually, yeah, it's surprisingly good. Um,. How to Train Your Dragon's good? A little bit under that, but I would probably put it above... Um, the Croods? So well, definitely above The Croods. <laughs> Hotel Transylvania? Um, I haven't seen Hotel Transylvania. But I like that one. That was actually pretty Honestly, cool. like, I would probably... On the Despicable Me scale, ah. it, it would be under Despicable Me 1, but over Despicable Me 2 and Minions. Well, maybe. it's it's a, honestly like I I can't remember how I saw it. Like I didn't actively go out like searching for, it, but it was just one of those things. I was like, oh, I could watch this or do nothing. And when I watched, it, I was like, oh, that was actually surprisingly good. Um, but Secret Life of Pets going up against Toy Story Four. Toy Story Four. Um, it's the little movie that could because nobody expected it. Uh, Toy Story 3 put such a great end on that story. And yeah, we did get a couple like one-shot like mini-movies that were also fun, but the fact that they're going back to the Toy Story well means that this is something that they believe in. Even after everything that's happened with John Lasseter forcefully taking leave from Pixar and then like Rashida Jones stepping away from writing this movie. They're still putting it out there. They're still putting that Toy Story stamp on this. And this makes me think that, yeah, like, this is a project that they believe in. Like, they have to support this. 
I'm pumped for it. I definitely am going to pick Toy Story 4 over Secret Life of Pets. Uh, Secret Life of Pets doesn't super interest me. It looks like it might be fun. Chris says it's good. I trust that he says it's good. It probably is. It, it was. It was. It was good. It was a lot better than I thought. Now it's good. Despicable Me though. I, Just I did enjoy mind. Despicable Me. That that first one's fantastic. Did you see three? Because three looked like it was supposed to be pretty good. Three looked better than two, but I haven't seen it yet. Uh, but it's going to be Toy Story four. Um, I liked one. I liked three. I didn't love two. Um, I I love two in the respect that it was a really good movie, but I didn't love it as much as one or three. Almost broke me like that movie. It was wow. emotional. Uh, it, it really was. So my I go for the uh, TS four. I'm also uh, gonna pick TS four for Toy Story four over uh, Secret Life of Pets, but I do want to mention again. Minions is a new Twitty burger, right? It's Minions, if you see that, you, you just assume it could be on it. If this was pre-social media, Minions would be on every t-shirt that any overweight yeah. person in their 40s would wear. Are they still a big deal? I Yeah. Man. I don't know if it's just because I live in Orlando and Universal Studios is literally like two, three miles down the road. So I see a lot of people in the Minion shirt because they have the Despicable Me attraction there. Um, and they have like a big presence in the parks. But yeah, people love those stinking things. I can't go a day, a full week without a Minion hitting my Facebook feed. There's <laughs> always a meme with a freaking Minion in it. And then I'm like, I don't. It would be a, It would be if this was the '90s. It would be a T-shirt, and I would have walked by that person at Walmart or wherever. With Paul, I didn't know where that was going to go. I can't go a day without. It. <laughs> He's like, what? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to mean, but it's going to be awkward and weird. And when he said Facebook feed, I was like, oh, really? That's weird. Because what awkward? No, that. But Toy, Toy Story Four. We can move on from me being awkward and weird. So that's your pick? Yep. So we got Lion King versus Aladdin. Two this, quote-unquote live-action remakes? Yeah, this is a tough one for me. But I know which one's going to do better, but it's just a tough one for me to pick. Oh, yeah. One's going to do better. One's in yeah. our heart. <laughs> one's a diamond in the rough. The other one's... The, the other one's the, the king. box office. <laughs> so, who, who, on, who wants to start it off? I think Chris and I we both picked. Uh, I I think Chris said it earlier, but it's the same as me. My favorite Disney cartoon movie is Aladdin. When we did, I don't know, maybe eight months ago, when we did our cartoon choices. For Disney animated cartoon series for the morning Fox morning show or whatever I picked the Aladdin series because I loved the movie I loved the TV show and I think the movie I I don't have high hopes for the movie 
and half of it is the director involved. It's uh, what's his name from Two Guy Ritchie, yeah. and I think yeah. that's going to be what loses the magic for that movie. But in the end, you have John Favreau doing the Lion King. I'm sorry, I think that's going to be the better movie, and I think it's going to make more money. Yeah. I think it. I think the Lion King goes is going to make more money, but I think I want Aladdin to be a really good movie. I want to love that yeah. movie as much as I love the animated one. Um, it's going to have a lot of parkour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Guy Ritchie, a lot of parkour. Uh, I know the Lion King is going to do a lot more money, and even if you just look at what they've done on the animated side, like. Lion King is one of the top-grossing animated features of all time. It's going to do money. The Jungle Book, I think, broke a billion dollars. Also, John Favreau doing quote-unquote live-action CGI animals. This looks very much in the same vein. The guy can do these big CGI movies. Like it's crazy that this is, you know, the guy that did Zathura like twelve years ago now. Like. That boggles my mind that he's come this far, you know, even outside of something like Iron Man or Iron Man 2, like, the Jungle Book alone would be like, holy crap, like, that's such growth. I think the Lion King is going to completely dominate Aladdin, but, Paul, you had stepped away, I really can't wait for Aladdin because that's my favorite Disney animated feature from that kind of renaissance that they had in the early 90s. Um, I don't remember the last time I saw The Lion King. I still know that movie. I love that movie. But I own Aladdin in different formats. Like, that's a movie that I've had on VHS. I have it on DVD. I have it on Blu-ray. Like, that's a movie I've bought multiple times because it's Aladdin. I need to consume it in whatever way is accessible at that time. I don't think it's going to do that Lion King money, though. I don't think it's going to be as good as Lion King, but I still want to love it. Tangled is still my favorite of the Disney animated. Yeah, but but that's... Aladdin is number two. They're different. different. They're different different animals. As soon as they made that CGI jump, like, you're allowed to say, like... Aladdin is my favorite of the classic 2D. Then... 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 Uh, Little Mermaid. Yeah, I agree with that. And then Beauty and, then the, Beauty Beast. and the Beast. Then Lion King. Then I think Mulan. I really? don't like Lion King. Lion King's I down guess. on my list. I I think it has bad pacing issues. <laughs> <laughs> I really do, even as a kid. Uh, I'm like... <laughs> Paul, I just, I just imagine Paul like sitting around in the living room with his family. He's got like an economics book in front of him. He's laying on the floor and like they're walking across the log, like humming Hakuna Matata. He's like pacing. We want now, to call my dad stand, online the gold again standard. and just have him tell us that I hated everything as a kid. We can. We uh, hate everything as an adult too. No growth. Uh, no Paul, growth. Paul, you're very close on like the new breed, like the CGI Disney movies, though. Because I'm almost ready to back you up with Tangled being the best, but then I remember how much I love Zootopia, and it's it's really hard for me to pick. Uh, I think Tangled's better than Zootopia. Zootopia's really good. It's good, and it's, it's fun. So, it's so much it's, fun. 
it's cliche where I don't think Tangled is. The thing with Zootopia, I think it has interesting twists in it. There yeah. are surprises. There are gas moments. You think it's cliche, but just, it does play with it a little enough. Even just thinking about that movie, just Jason Bateman being like, mm-hmm. the velvety pipes of Jerry Vole, like, it's stupid moments in that movie that just make me like, because <laughs> I'm not watching any movie anymore. Like, I'm always on my phone and it's just playing in the background. But, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a close call. Like, if I had to, had to, had to pick, it would probably be Tangled, though. Thank you. You're welcome. But I, I love that movie. <laughs> I'm looking at Rapunzel right now. But, I can look but yeah. over there and see Rapunzel. I can look over here and see Rapunzel. <laughs> Two so different I, sides picking, of the room. I'm picking The Lion King, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's just it's going to do a lot of money, and I think it's still going to be a great movie. Yeah, we're all saying The Lion King, number one at the box office, Aladdin, number one in our hearts. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then we got the horror section coming up, and we got Annabelle Comes Home, which is about a doll that comes to life and kills people. Versus but it's Burn Bright. Brightburn. 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 I should have put it... I said Annabelle, and I'm like, I should have put that against Child's Play. I really should have. But, oh, you know, makes what sense. can you do? Versus... Oh, Brightburn. I put down Burn Bright. Okay. But it's Brightburn. Um, Annabelle is a spinoff from... The Conjuring, and this is the third okay. Annabelle movie. Is it really? Oh, my God. I've... I don't know if I've seen The Conjuring or any of the sequels or spinoffs. So this movie's on my radar just as something that I know. Wait, was The Nun? The Nun is also a spinoff of The Conjuring. Oh my the God, Nun is really? a spinoff of Conjuring 2. Annabelle Okay, is a I thought I was just misremembering. The Conjuring 1. And this okay. all happens on Silent Hill? Something like that. Uh, the first Annabelle movie uh, reviewed on uh, Horror Movie Massacres by myself and uh, uh, hey. Maddie uh, Corbin. Um, and I ripped it apart because it's awful. And I also think I had maybe too much scotch. But it, Yeah, you guys drank <laughs> that too. Um, yeah, we, and we drank, yeah, we drank hard liquor, which was, uh, it was fun. Um <laughs> but it was it just it was it was awful. It made no sense. It was uh caca doo if I re- can quote myself from that episode. Um the second one looks a lot better. I started watching it. I didn't finish it. But I have to say James Gunn producing uh Brightburn which is what if uh, Superman came to Earth and was a homicidal maniac kid? I think that I think shooter. that's got it. No, yeah, I, I think I think Brightburn, and it's not just because Annabelle's kind of on that fringe of the stuff that I watch. I think Brightburn just looks more interesting. Yeah, and I mean it. It looks it looks creepy. It's got that horror atmosphere. Yeah, it does. He's got that weird like like scarecrow yeah, mask. Yeah, and he's like the glowing and he's got eyes. the cape. And it's got it's got good actors in it. It's got um, what's uh what's his, what's her name? I can't think of it. Second Mary do a porno girl. Yeah. Um. 
I don't, I don't know who that is. I'm just I glad that, that I'm picking too. up points here because I'm going to go Annabelle Comes Home just so I can maybe get a point on because I think my oh, Elizabeth so Banks. Similar. There it is. Sorry, yeah, I had to Google it quick. I was trying to fill space. So, good. Elizabeth Banks, yeah. She's She's been in a lot of R- she's, uh, she's great. I like repulsive. Her. Yeah, that Power Rangers movie better than I thought it was going to be. But still not good. It's still not good, but I watched it and I was like, okay, of the, you know, recent batch of, like, toys to movie stuff, like, after... Because I think I watched that and then Battle Transformers oh. last night, like, back-to-back. Barrators isn't bad. Well, anything's going to feel good <laughs> that's after the night that I was sending you the. That's the night I was sending you the pictures of Mark Wahlberg with his, like, overly pink lips being like, what's up with my lips, bruh? They're so rosy, bruh. Can you believe it? How's your mother doing? Like, Brightbird, though. I don't, it it, just, it, it looks, looks cool. Good. And it's James Gunn producing... You know, James Gunn producing it. I think he worked on the script. I think it's cool that he's getting back to his more, like... Not the trauma stuff, but it's like that weird... Slither, the, the Subver- horror. Yeah, it's like the subversive horror stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so how about Child's Play... Versus scary stories just tell in the dark. Uh, this there's only one movie that I might actually go see, and that's yeah. scary stories just tell in the dark. Because I will not go see this child's play movie. I but it's care. got your your love in it. It's got um, Aubrey, Aubrey Plaza? Plaza in it playing a, a mom. I know, I know. Weird. And it's uh, Chucky's voiced by uh, Mark Hamill. Well, I make I could see him doing the VO for that. Because he would just do his Joker voice. Yeah. Um, I've never been a big fan of the Child's Play movies, though. So for me, it's the scary stories to tell in the dark. I kind of like that. It's not really an anthology movie, but it still kind of is. Like, it's just kind of falling under that umbrella. Almost like the um, that VHS, where it's like, you have the overarching story, but then you're getting like that sub-story kind of within it. I just think that looks cooler. I think Child's Play will do more money just because of the name brand recognition on it and the fact that, yeah, you know, it's it's Mark Hamill voicing Chucky. That's pretty cool. I just really want Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark to do awesome because I remember buying... It wasn't the original book. It was like, and more series stories to talk about, tell in the dark. It was like the sequel one at the Scholastic Book Fair at my elementary school. I, I still and just like flipping through it and like seeing those like creepy illustrations, I, yeah. and then bringing that book home and my mom being like, "What did you buy?" So, do you guys want to hear uh, uh, a, a secret from my childhood? Yes, uh, I would get so afraid and so nervous when they, we would at the library, you know, during library period. In elementary school, near Halloween, they like for every week in October, they would read one of those stories. After the first week, I asked to get dismissed from that because I had such bad nightmares. I could not handle it. So I sat with the Jehovah's Witnesses in school <laughs> instead of going to that library period while the, the rest of the kids heard the scary stories did tell in the dark because I just couldn't handle it. I do not like horror movies. I don't like scary stories. But a lot of them are kind of 
ridiculous warmth. and over the top. Yeah, well, but like as me as an also, King, though, like, I couldn't handle it. Yeah. And I'm not sure if I could actually handle this movie. <laughs> but honestly, like, even looking back at it now, like, a lot of them are just kind of like that, like, urban myth, like, urban legend, like, folklore. I can't talk, I'm sorry. Folklore type story, where it's like, oh, yeah, like, I think you're having a Salem's Lot moment, where... I've talked about this previously on the show where Salem's Lot scared the hell out of me as I was a kid, but then seeing it now as an adult, I'm like, oh, like, the vampires are blue. Like, this is really cheesy. Like, they're they're not they're not too bad. Right. I'm not. I'm I'm just saying that that's 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 ingrained in my memory. Me hanging out with the Jehovah's Witnesses. Hey, you know, I, I've known some. Uh, Witnesses over the years, they're they're good people. They, they just, are good people. I'm they saying. they do what they do, you know. Like they don't they don't celebrate anything. Like your birthday is just a day. That's fine. I don't celebrate my birthday either. I just get old. It is what it is. Uh, I think I think the Chucky movie is going to do well, and I think it's because it a modern like a modern telling of it. It's more. It looks more like it's a crazy robot doll, and not maybe a psycho killer inside it. Who knows. But scary stories. I love that book as a little kid. I got it. I was going to say the same thing. I bought it at my Scholastic Book Fair, and I love. <laughs> it. Uh, I still have it. I'm looking around my. I'm recording what my wife and I have like a little library of all of our books, and I'm looking around, being like, "Well, if it's not here, it's in my one of my boxes downstairs," because I still have it. And the fact that it's produced by Guillermo del Toro. He's bringing in the people to make these things alive. And I think there's all those kids who had this book or read this book as a kid who are going to be like, oh, man, I want to see that. And when you they tease those monsters in the vi- in the trailers, it makes you flash to that weird watercolor painting that was in that book that you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, you're 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 taking that book off the spinner rack in the library, like flipping through it, like I'm gonna take this home for the three days. I don't even remember what the school library like let you take stuff out. For. Yeah, and I think it's gonna hit a lot of nostalgia points. And then the other thing is that the name attached to it, Guillermo del Toro, is yeah. big, and I think that's gonna put this movie over. All right, cool. So uh, let's go back up to the top of the list. And uh, I have Spider-Man Far From Home versus Men in the Black International. And I think we all do. Yep. Nope. And I'm going to... Oh. Well, I'm going to go Spider-Man Far From Home over Men in Black International. I'm going to go Spider... I will will be doing the same. It's Spider-Man over uh, Stuber. You want Stuber? Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because he wanted to pick up a point. Uh, I also have Spider-Man versus Men in Black, and I, I think Spider-Man's just not only because it's a Marvel movie, but just coming off of Endgame and people wanting to get more of that Spider-Man because we didn't get a lot of Spidey at that like climactic scene of Endgame. Like you get him with Tony Stark, you know, saying goodbye, but where does he go next? I think that's really going to hook people. He goes wherever Pepper Potts pushes him out of the way to. Uh, it seems like Happy's calling those shots now, though. Yeah. <laughs> Which I I support. John Favreau over uh, Gwyneth Paltrow any day. Oh yeah, I I would want to eat a hamburger with uh, or a cheeseburger with Happy, well more than pepper. Uh, 
Well, she probably wouldn't because you'd be like, oh, it's I don't not made feed, of poop. I don't feed, I don't feed apple cheeseburgers. I wouldn't want to put one. No, I don't care, Gwyneth Paltrow. So we got. Uh, I have Fast and the Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw versus Godzilla, King of Monsters. What do you guys have? Uh, I have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood versus Godzilla, King of. I Monsters. have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood versus It, Chapter Two. Ooh. All right, John, breaking it up. This John, is, this go ahead. Uh, I'm picking it. it, Chapter Two. I think Ooh. it's gonna do. It's gonna do a little bit more money. Uh, it's got that horror aspect to it. It's gonna be in September, closer to October, and I think people are gonna come out for that movie. Chris, how about you? Uh, I have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood versus Godzilla, King of the Monsters. I just think Godzilla has a little bit more wide appeal, uh, so I'm going with Godzilla. I'm I'm completely fast and furious uh, on uh, my pick. I'm going to, with Hobbs and Shaw over Godzilla, King of the Monsters. I love when our like brackets branch off like this. This is well, when it gets really interesting. The last year, it, John and I both won, so I didn't actually win. I've never <laughs> won this game that I've created. So hopefully, this is my year. I see that every year. All right, back over to the other side of the list. I have, and I think we all have, Toy Story 4 versus yeah. The Lion King. Uh, I'm going with Toy Story 4. I am also going uh, with Toy Story over Lion King. Uh, I'm I'm going actually Lion King over Toy Story 4. I think it's a really flip-up, a, a toss-up. I, I think, I mean, I, I don't know, but I think people are going to come out of Toy Story 4 being like, Oh, it wasn't as good as Toy Story Three. I think Toy Story Three just really hit that, um, like that heart wrenching mark that it needed to to make you care about those digital depictions of plastic characters. Um, Lion King. I'm expecting to hear sobs when Mufasa dies in this movie. Uh, Lion King over Toy Story. All right. Now, this is where we completely branch off, right? Again, this is the bottom of the list, uh, much like the other side. Yeah. I have Annabelle Comes Home versus Scary Stories to Tell in the Tark. John, I have what do you have? Oh. I have... Because, Chris, I want you to pick first. So. Uh, I have uh, Brightburn over... Or I have Brightburn and Scary Stories. And Chris? I, I also have Brightburn versus Scary Stories. And, Chris, what are you picking? Um... These are both very niche I think. I, And that's what makes it tough, because I think they're both kind of catering to that same audience, almost, with James Gunn and Guillermo del Toro connected to it. I, I think Scary Stories, though. I, I don't think either one of these movies is going to completely blow it out of the water, but I think Scary Stories, I don't know. I agree. Gut feeling. I agree. Scary stories. Uh, I think Annabelle comes home with a list of names, and uh, she's going to take it over. Scary stories. Is that what the doll does? I haven't seen the movies. I don't know. I don't I don't, know. It's, you know she comes, it's not. She. No, she doesn't come <laughs> home with a vengeance. No. When the days go by. Uh, all right. Back to the, to the other side of the list. I have Spider-Man: Far From Home, as everybody else does. But I have it against Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. That that's a good matchup. John, what's your Spider-Man matchup? Spider Man and it. 
And Chris? I have Spider-Man and Godzilla. Ooh, John, it versus Spider-Man. Chris? Spider-Man versus Godzilla. Over Godzilla, Spider-Man. And I'm also going to Spider-Man versus over Hobbs and Shaw. And it's not just because it's the safe bet. Like I, I literally just think it's gonna do the most money out, outside of you know Endgame and John Wick, which have already uh, made come all out. of them. Yeah. Uh, so then I have Toy Story Four, as everybody does. Oh uh, nope, nope, Chris, nope, you no, have I, the I Lion not. King. Sorry, I, I went Lion King. Yeah. Yep, and I over Annabelle uh, comes home. I'm going Toy Story Four, John. What in that matchup? What are you what matchup against? Scary Stories versus Toy yes. Story. And I'm going Toy Story. And I do have to say, Chris, like, Toy Story came out, Toy Story 3 came out nine years ago. Like, it's still, like, it's enough time in between those films that people are still going to be Toy Story crazy. I don't know. I, we'll, we'll, we will see. We will see. And this, I might lose, this is, might be just cementing it that I lose the bracket every year. Uh, Chris, Lion King versus uh, Scary I Stories. Have, yeah, I have Lion King, Scary Stories, Lion King, obviously. Yep. I, I, I could see that if that's the matchup. I have Spider-Man versus Toy Story 4, and I have Toy Story 4 winning it overall. So, Chris, this this is your bracket to win. The, uh, and for that... I'm actually going to go Lion King over Spider-Man Far From Home. Wow. Okay. I, I, I just think biggest animated feature of all time before um, like Frozen dethroned it. It's one of like the top grossing Broadway shows of all time. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's just going to like... Everyone's going to see this movie. Like The kids that grew up in the 90s, they're going to be going... They're going to be taking their kids, their nieces, their nephews. Like, I, I think this is that have-to-see-it movie of the summer now that we've got already gotten Endgame. Well, why didn't you say that back when we were picking it? Because you would have swayed me. Uh, Be- because <laughs> I, I I came down to it, now here I am up against Spider-Man. And John, I, you've already I, picked I, Spider-Man versus... Spider-Man versus Toy Story, and I think it's going to be Spider-Man. Wow. Okay, cool, cool. We all have different brackets this year. No, Nobody's very similar. Uh, especially when it comes to the end. We all picked a different movie to top the list. I'm very excited about this year's uh, summer movie Bracket Buster, guys. This is... I, I'm also excited for it because this is one of those things that I love always talking about every single week because you never know what's going to hit that weekend. What's sad is my nephews are still just three years old and I can't... Like, I still can't bring them to movies and I would bring them to Aladdin just to bump up that <laughs> just to bump up that uh, bracket for myself you know even though I didn't pick it what's your pick though you let us know email us over at bagnaboardcast at gmail.com what's your pick where, where did we go wrong tell us and if, if you want to agree that Aladdin is the best Disney animated movie of all time you can I and here's the thing: I'm not going to be mad if Aladdin sweeps in and wins this. Like, I'll I'll be happy. I I will have seen it at that point and be like, yeah, I was surprised how great it was. Cool. Who knows? It, it might even be really bad. I don't think it will be. I could be wrong. Who knows? Will Smith though. 
I, I'm looking forward more to Will Smith as the genie than I was him being Deadshot. I still haven't seen that movie. Don't. I'll get around to Suicide Squad. I, I'm it was on TBS to. the other day, and like I had it on for a little bit, and Kate's like, no, we got to just turn off this shit. And I'm like, I'm just kind of morbidly curious, and she's like, no, this is awful. It's Here's like the when thing, the Joker's was... in the strip club and Harley Quinn's a stripper, and I'm like, I, what is this? I don't, I just don't get it. I, what? Here's I, the thing: once we wrap up that great Marvel movie retrospective, we're heading over to DC. Uh, can we it, just, it'll happen. I'm can gonna we have to watch the Phantasm and the Return of the Joker, the animated ones. Like, no, no we'll do that. In, we'll do that in the DC animated. Uh. <laughs> movie retrospective. <laughs> Those movies are so much. They got we'll so probably, are probably so much better. There's, There's so many. We could DC actually do like a whole. Movies. There were so many of those directed videos. We could literally do that. Like we could watch all of those too. Those are three that I know. Uh, pu- like they did the Superman, Batman, Public Enemies. Oh, you're uh, talking about that that whole list. Oh yeah, like that's all like from the same studio. Like that's all like they're continuing like. Uh, New Frontier, uh, yeah, Wonder New Woman. One. Yep. There's so many of them. Batman meets the Ninja Turtles. Uh, they did the Batman Red Rain, I think. Like they've, where, Yeah, where he's the samurai. They got a, they've done a lot. Samurai Batman. You let us know what the best animated... Oh, Chris, you already did that. You already <laughs> yes. did our call to action. Sorry. You let us know if this is the best <laughs> podcast you've listened to by... Rating and reviewing us over on the iTunes. Let people know you listen. We would appreciate it. And and let us know that you're glad we're back with an episode. 